I cold called him in London because I got his phone number from Charlie Papazian. True story. The homebrew Bible author gave me Michael Jackson's phone number. <laughs> and I was 21 and living in a friends of a friend's house uh, in uh, south of London and got his number and called him. And he said, what are you doing tonight? And I was like, what do you mean tonight? He's like, well, what are you doing right now? Can you, you want to come up and meet for a beer? So I jumped on a train and went and met him. And that's how our friendship began. I'm Jeremy Storton. I'm a certified Cicerone and the Beerlandia columnist for 1859 Oregon's Magazine. I believe there's a story behind every brewery, every brewer, and every Oregon beer that finds its way into your glass. I'm on a mission to find those stories and bring them to you. This is Beerlandia, a podcast about Oregon and the great beer you'll find here. Farmhouse beers are some of the most interesting beers in the world. On one hand, they are as quaint and down-to-earth as the farms where they were brewed. On the other, their complexity and sophisticated artistry of flavor belie their humble roots. Farmhouse beers come from the tradition built in Belgium and France before industrialization. They were never intended to be fancy or on the cutting edge of the culinary scene. However, due to the uniqueness of each beer and the strange and wonderful flavors that can only be cultivated on a farm, these beers continue to thrive despite the domination of IPAs and lagers. In a world where farm-to-table means something important, farmhouse ales are the perfect farm-to-foam partner to all our culinary endeavors. I found one of these special breweries out in wine country just south of Portland. It has a peculiar name and a compelling backstory, all founded by the man who wrote the book on beer and food. Do we have enough beer? I have a bottle of La Truffe. Do we need something else? That's fine. I'm Christian De Benedetti, and uh, I am the founder of Wolves and People Farmhouse Brewery in Newburgh, Oregon. Christian was a professional travel and beer writer for many national magazines who also wrote the books The Great American Ale Trail and Beer Bites, a cookbook and pairing guide for beers. Uh, so I was a full-time beer writer for a few years, and prior to that, I was a travel writer, and I lived in New York City and worked for a variety of uh, travel magazines like National Geographic and Men's Journal and Outside. So I spent a lot of time uh, traveling and, and writing about kind of faraway places, but whenever I could, I wanted to write about beer. But Christian isn't the only one who works magic around the farm. There's also Alec. And you? How are you? Good. I'm doing well. You're I'm doing well. Yeah. I'm pretty good. I'm feeling good. <laughs> I'm Alec Clausen, a brewer at Wolves and People. Got my uh, degree in fermentation at OSU. Wolves and People is perfectly situated in the heart of farm and wine country. Uh, it, the, the brewery is built on the farm where I grew up, uh, which is a hazelnut farm uh, just east of Newburgh. And uh, we focus here on farmhouse ales, saisons, wild ales, wood-aged beers, fruited beers, you name it. Besides great beer and interesting ingredients, they're also cultivating the type of experiences that we don't easily find anymore. You know when you're sitting here at the brew pub outside in the beer garden, you're sitting at a picnic bench, you're looking out at the hazelnut orchard, the Shehalem Mountains, you're looking at a vineyard, you're looking at, uh, you know, something that has a forest that hasn't been logged in a hundred years. Uh, you're kind of like sitting in 300 degrees of green and the only other thing you can see is the white barn. And so the experience is so mellow. I feel like when people come here, their pulse goes down. 
I have to admit, the brewery's name was compelling from the moment I heard it. Wolves and People was inspired by a game Christian played on the farm as a kid. We would uh, play this this unhinged game of, of tag, uh, where you wait till dark or dusk anyway, you elect a wolf. Um, that wolf goes around and you know goes across the field or the meadow and hides while you, you turn around and count to 10 with your, your fellow humans or with your fellow people. Uh, and when you turn around, it's super terrifying because you have to cross the field or the meadow without getting tagged by the wolf. And if you get tagged, then you become one. Uh, but you have to cross. You have to take the, the journey. So uh, it's uh, the winner is the last uh, living person. Uh, but it sucks also to be chased by like 26 wolves. Let me be clear. There aren't actual wolves at Wolves and People. Sometimes they don't even know we're a brewery. Like, I had a guy roll up the other day and ask to see the wolves. <laughs> like, yeah, like, I got some grandkids yeah. I want to show the wolves to. And I was like, sorry, we don't actually have any wolves. The name isn't meant to be literal, but more literary. We're not about real wolves. It's more about the idea of wildness and the idea of wild versus tamed and the tension between those two things. Farmhouse beer is a very broad definition of multiple styles with varying ingredients. It's like calling a song jazz and then leaving it at that. What is farmhouse beer? It's almost like it'd be easier to say what farmhouse brewing isn't. But like jazz, there's a long history that's hard to define but you'll know it when you taste it. We look to the traditions in Belgium and France and the Netherlands and Norway even now where farmhouse brewing developed. Farmhouse beers can include any and all manner of ingredients in order to cultivate wonderful flavor. A good phrase for it is farm to foam is to <laughs> create, instead of farm to table, it is creating a beer that is something that you've grown. It's an agricultural product, so grow the ingredients and then just transform it into into a beer that people drink. Of the things that have gone into the beer... Um, They've used currants, currants plums, plums, honey, truffles, cherries, hazelnuts, farm-grown grains, hops, and so you know. much more. We're like a one tree, one batch brewery in that like, hey, there's a plum tree in the meadow that's going crazy. We're gonna harvest that and we're gonna make a beer with it. That's the essence of farmhouse brewing right there. Farmhouse breweries really are places filled with passion and a lot of hard work. It takes a different type of temperament that may not always be noticed. When's the last time you went to a bakery when they're like, oh, let me go out back here because I've got to mill the flour right. off yeah. the, you know, the 200 acres of wheat back here? No. Yeah. This doesn't happen. Wolves and People begs a more philosophical question and offers patrons a chance to reconnect. When's the last time you saw the source of your food? You go to the grocery store and you pick up a steak or you pick up whatever, but you don't you don't see the animal. Uh, when you buy beer, you don't see the hop field, you don't see the, the, the grain growing, and we're offering a chance for people to do that. All of it is intended to serve a very simple purpose. The mission behind it is is to leave this patch of land better than we found it, you know, and to make gray beer in the process. Starting a brewery like this has enormous challenges, first of which are always the seeds of doubt. Really facing uh, what was kind of unfolding, this unfolding reality, like you bit off way more than you can chew, man. You don't have the money for this. You don't have the knowledge to do all this on your own, but you have to keep moving forward. Luckily, where there's a farmhouse brewery, there's a farmer brewer with a DIY attitude who always finds a way. And at a certain point, you know, you're not gonna give up. You're not just gonna 
say, oh, well, you know, this is too hard. I'm not going to do it. That's not in my nature. I want to push through. Like a good old-fashioned barn raising, Christian tapped into a community who helped him bring the brewery to life. Hey, how's it going? We've had this like awesome community of friends and family, like supporting the brewery, truly like a community. You know? And uh, that, that's made all the difference. Setting up a farmhouse brewery like this is hard, maybe unnecessarily so. But without the effort, I don't think the beer would be nearly as good. We're making an effort that no one really has to do. You're brewing the hard way. I'm brewing the hard way. <laughs> the most well-known example of a farmhouse beer is a Saison. Much lesser well-known is a grisette, which is very much like a Saison, but lighter in alcohol and character. There's no one farmhouse beer. There's no, you know, Saison is the most popular, but grisettes are associated with farmhouse brewing, even though they came out of a, a, little, more of a, a little more of an urban setting originally. But I would say that it's more of an approach and a mindset about brewing than it is any one style. Beyond these, the world opens up when it comes to what constitutes a farmhouse beer. We believe any farmhouse brewer would use what he or she had access to in that, in that period of time. Yeah, and being in a farmhouse, every beer we produce is a farmhouse beer. <laughs> That's true. I remember... Uh, even the IPA. Even the IPA. Correct. Like a scientist conducting very thorough research, I tasted a number of beers while at Wolves and People. Christian and Alex shared a Keller beer, a hazy IPA with honey, four different grisettes, a beer de coupage, and then I got to taste La Truffe. It's a filbert and truffle table stout, essentially, the little lactose. Now, I love truffles, but I found myself a bit skeptical about the notion of truffles in my beer. This is how the first taste went. So listen to your beer. I'm listening to this beer. Listen to it really. And you know what I hear? Hallelujah. <laughs> Choir of angels. Truffles are a type of fungus that grow underground. They're a pungent and funky culinary delight. But finding them, that's the trick. And it's really freaking hard to find them. You need a dog or a trained pig that can go and find them. Christian was at the Oregon Truffle Festival years ago to support his book when he found himself on a truffle hunt. Next thing I know, I'm like crouching on the ground by a fir tree and the dogs have just kind of indicated, well, you probably find some truffles in this area. And I'm like digging around and suddenly I'm finding them and just picking up, you know, freaking chestnut sized truffles in my hand. And they smell just insane. It's the most incredible, one of the most incredible smells. Then he thought, what if we made beer with them? Uh, former brewer here, Jake Miller, and I came up with this concept to brew a beer that would show off truffles. So he, he presented this idea for a table stout. And we've been thinking about beer to guard and throwing all these other beer styles out. And he was like, what about a table stout with a little bit of lactose and, you know, a little bit of malt to prop up this uh, ethereal aroma of truffles. Uh, so we took the table stout and aged it on hazelnuts that we infused with white, ripening whole real white truffles. La Truffe is made once a year during the white truffle season. It's great by itself, but even better with food. It's a very soft mouthful without being too creamy. It's just a touch on the dry side, not too astringent that you expect from a stout, but you can drink this by itself and it's perfectly delightful. But with these flavors, you know, like we talked about, I'm thinking um, just a wonderful steak or like bratwurst sausage or some really nice um, semi-dry cheeses, something like that. So the dryness of this would actually complement anything you want to 
eat with, with this. I, I, it's very much a fall and winter kind of beer in that it pairs well with those hearty, mushroomy, more umami-rich uh, dishes. When you visit Wolves and People, you can expect a different kind of brewery experience. It's more like a tight community built on synergy, history, and the sort of conversations that occur while drinking beer brewed by an artist. So I want people to think there's a lot of intention in what we do and a lot of respect for the beer and a lot of respect for the process and each other and our beer drinkers, our public. You know, the people who come here, we, we love them. And we, want, we want them to be amazed every time they take a sip. My favorite thing really is our regulars that come in on Thursday and Friday. Yeah, we, They're my favorite people. They're, they come in every single week and they're the lifeblood for us. If you see a couple of guys walking around that look exhausted but happy, chances are that will be Alec and Christian. And they're grateful you're there to join them in a round of farmhouse beers. It's a real privilege to get to do this, you know? Um, it's been my dream ever since I was in college and a freshman in school making my first homebrew. And people believed in me along the way, so I, I would like this chance to say thank you to everyone. Thank you to Christian, Alec, and Wolves and People Farmhouse Brewery. Music for this episode comes from Free Music Archive with the songs Keeping Stuff Together, Sad Marimba Planet, Under Suspicion, I'm Going for a Coffee, Southside, Places Unseen, Featherlight, Looking Back, Wandering, and New Day by Lee Rosaveri. Also from Free Music Archive are the songs Stormy Blues by Arnie Hughesby and Kelp Grooves by Little Glass Men. Beerlandia is brought to you by Statehood Media. We'll see you soon on our next adventure in Beerlandia. But until then, cheers. And that would be an amazing beer, especially around the early part of July. It's a beer brewed with the yeast harvested from the back of a bald eagle. <laughs> well, you have to trap the bald eagle first, which is probably like illegal. Well, it, bald it, ale. But, you know, hence the challenge. If you can, like, just swab it as it flies by <laughs> with a fish in your hand and the swab in your other hand. Pictures.